excited that you guys are here today. And, uh, and so we have a great word for you today. The, um, we are going to be talking about, or it's a time when we're going to discover the next step in the evolution of our church growing. And listen, if you're new this morning, I think it's going to actually be good for you to see the heart and the health of the church that you're considering today. So hang in there with us. I want to start here. Everybody, your church is growing. Yeah, take a look at this. This is our weekend attendance for the last three months, this year and last year. The dark color is this year. The light purple is last year, all right? So God is sending families. Can we just stop and just give him praise for what he's doing through your church, you? Yeah. Last year, our average for this time span was around 400 people on a weekend. And, uh, and so this year, we've already been over 600 twice. And also, our children's ministry is growing as well. Uh, once again, the darker bars on the right are this year versus the lighter bars left of last year. Where'd all the children go right here? These two, were, those dips are the two December family services that we had where the children was in, were in with us. But you can see that the number of children that we're ministering to, it's exponentially increased. And so this is just more, uh, as we're being faithful to God's mission and vision for this church, more people are continuing to come. And, and look, they're not just coming, they are experiencing life, as many of us uh, can attest to. There's, people are surrendering their lives to Jesus and our responsibility our mandate is not to just have church on Sunday morning. It's more than that. It's to become disciple makers because Jesus told us before he left in Matthew, he simply said, go and make disciples. It's pretty simple. And so that's what we're doing. That's what you're doing is you're bringing people, you're ministering to people. People are finding our church and they're finding life in Jesus here. And so we're discipling them. And in fact, Back in September, we had to go to three services because our two services were, were filling up. And since then, we've added an extra 125 people. And our second, this service and a third service, they fill back up. The harvest is plentiful. It's exciting. God is sending people. And a lot of you are new. And we are extremely glad that you're here. We prayed for you. And we're glad. And because you're here... This service is full. This third service is getting close, and it's exciting. We are so glad that all of you are here. All this growth, it's great. But as Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so he said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out more workers into his harvest field. And so that's what we've done. We've been praying for more workers because more and more people are coming. And technically, we should actually now add another service. And it, and it would seem like we don't have enough volunteers to open up another service yet and allow more people from our community to actually come. And I use the words seems like, I use those words intentionally. It seems like we don't have enough workers for the harvest that we already have, but we actually do. More about that later. I'll get into that in a little bit. But going back to the very reason that we exist here, our mission is to make disciples who will then in turn affect the lives of others around us and make disciples out of them. And our vision is to build strong families, 
families that are strong. And there are more families that want to build a strong family. And they see us as a beacon of light in the darkness of struggling marriages and therefore their families. They are, and they're coming. But it would seem we don't have the workers. We don't have the volunteers to open up enough room for them to come. And as we see this, it actually breaks our hearts because that's why we actually exist. And God wants to touch the lives of more people in our community, just like he touched your life, just like my life was, just like we were all changed by this amazing church. In the same way that our lives have been changed, we want to share. We want to share God's love with more people, more families. But as of right now, we can't. God is sending them and we can't minister to them. And look, it's a unique challenge to have, but we've never backed down from a challenge before. So what we did is we started to pray. And in the short time that we have today, I'm gonna take you on a month long journey that the staff and I went on as we prayed and as we sought God on this. And so since James tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, you just, just ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and he'll give it to you. So that's what we did. So we prayed and we asked for wisdom. We began to pray for wisdom, for clarity, and we started to ask God, God, what are we missing? And as we prayed, we started to do some research as well. And because our main bottleneck was workers for the harvest, or in other words, volunteers serving on a team, or at least it seemed that way, as we began to pray, God, how do we empower more volunteers through our teams to be discipled? And then also, how do we develop more team leaders to disciple others? So as we started praying and, we do, and doing some research, this is what I found out. I found out that the average church in America has 43% of its available adults and students to volunteer. That would basically be the headcount in the sanctuary. And this is just the average. This is not a healthy church. Turns out a healthy church has 50 to 60% of the adult and student attendees that actually volunteer. So... The staff and I started to dig in. We wanted to know what our volunteer rates were. Do you want to know? We pulled all the data, and it turns out that we have 72%. Now, remember, the average church has 43%. A healthy church has 50 to 60% volunteering somewhere in the ministry, and we have 72% of our available people volunteering, or we did when we did this study. 72% of our adults and students serving. Even the churches that ranked in the top 10 only had 72% of people volunteering, but we have 15 to 25% more people volunteering than a healthy church, and we still don't feel like we have enough workers for the harvest that's coming in. Hmm, see anything weird? Well, that brings us to this question. If we have more than enough volunteers, then why don't we have enough volunteers, (laughs) right? If we have more than enough volunteers for the harvest, 72%, why don't we have enough volunteers to serve? It was, we 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 were confused. This was the problem we were running up against. We're asking more and more people to volunteer and we just couldn't seem to get enough volunteers and it wasn't working. And it wasn't working 
not because people wouldn't volunteer. It wasn't working because we maxed out the number of people that will volunteer. So we were just stomped. So why is this happening? So the book of wisdom, Proverbs says, victory is won through many advisors. So we hired an advisor, a church consultant, a specialist to help us figure out what is going on. What, why are we missing it? So I shared with him all the, the ways we were structured, all the data that we had. And he looked at it all and he said, oh, I see your problem. And I know the answer to your issue. He said, you are a multi-service church that's still structured like a single service church. He said, in regards to volunteers, you're running your church like it's one service. And so I was really confused. Honestly, I, I, was, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I just said, what do you mean? We're running it like one service. And he said, churches that run two or more services, churches who are ministering to so many people that they have outgrown one service and have moved to multiple services like you all have, they have a culture of attend one, serve one. Attend one, serve one. So I told him, I said, well, we do. We encourage our people to attend one service and serve one. And he said, yeah, but your teams are every other week. And this is, just to be honest, this is where I struggled. He said, churches that are meeting the needs of, of their community and therefore they're growing beyond one service, they're Sunday volunteers. They volunteer every week. And I, I had a problem with that originally, and I, and I pushed back. And I said, I, I'm just trying to get my head around that because we've always done every other week. Isn't that too much to ask? I don't want to abuse people. Are, are we asking people to do too much if we ask them to serve every week? Like, aren't we going to burn people out? And he asked me, he said, do you feel like you're abusing your worship team? I said, no. He said, well, how often do they serve? And I said, well, since you asked, they serve every other week, just like the other teams. And he said, on their week, how many services do they serve? I said, well, they were doing two services and now they're doing three services every other week. So he said, on average, they were doing one service a week on average. Yeah. And now they're doing more. Yeah. Do they also have rehearsal in addition to that? Yeah, Thursday nights but you don't feel like you're abusing them, but you do feel like you would abu be abusing a greeter if they had to serve every week. Okay, so I said, all right, fine. We're not abusing people, all right? That would not be abusing people. But hang on, hang on, I'm not done yet. Do you know how many volunteers we would lose? And so then he did a little bit of math for me. And he said, if, what if you lost half your volunteers? But the ones you keep, if they serve twice as much every week, and, then, and he said, but from what I've seen, when churches make this shift, churches don't lose half the people. If you explain to them the reason why and the effects if we do this, if you explain to them that this is not unusual either, as we'll find out, most of them will see the vision and they'll help you widen the doors to minister to more people in the community. So I'm still not convinced. I do more research on my own. And here's what I find out. This guy's exactly right. 
Churches that have multiple services, this is the way that they structure their volunteer teams. And as I reached out, I read and I reached out to them and looked at other healthy churches. I looked at growing churches across the nation, even right here in Raleigh. This is actually how Summit Church is, is structured. Now, we talked with them, thousands and thousands more churches. This is what they do. And every single time they said that when they made this shift, the level of discipleship, which is our vision, our mission, went up. The level of ministry went up. The level of passionate spirituality and spiritual growth went up. Life change went up because they were serving together more often because uh, not so much that they were getting burnt out, but not so little that they couldn't grow. Not so little that we didn't have room for others in the community to come and find value because we've all found value in this place. I know my life would be much different without what God has done in me through you all, through my church. I have freedom in my life because of what God has done in this place in my life. And Paul talks a little bit about what my responsibility is to do with that freedom that I've found. Galatians 5, he says, and he reminds us that you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. Yes, you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge yourself. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another humbly in love. And so, yes, we found freedom in Christ, much of which is through this place. For me, for you. And even while we all seek healing and freedom still in our life, it's our responsibility to give back to those coming behind us. Because see, somebody served and ministered to us when we first came in. Somebody was there for us. And at some point, God asks us to give back and be his hands and his feet. Serving in the parking lot, helping a new family find a place to park, or serving on the legacy team with our gift of giving, or, or speaking life-giving grisp, uh, scriptures and hope over our children while mom and dad can hear the word of God and build strong families. And when we do that, we are using our freedom to serve one another humbly and in love. Because when a couple walk through that door, maybe World War III happened in the car on the way here. Maybe they've used the D word. They're considering quitting on their marriage. But when they walk in this place and the atmosphere that you and I create by serving, the atmosphere of God's anointing, his grace and his love and that welcome spirit, when they walk in and they sense that they can belong here, that they can grow their faith here, that they can in turn make a difference in the lives of other people here, we know that there is something special that is here. And they can sense it too. And that's only created by us all serving each other. And look, some of us are new. Some of us have been here for decades. And those of us that have been here for a while, we've got to make sure that we don't forget. We must remain just as passionate about what God is doing in our church as the new people that are coming in and experiencing what God's doing here for the first time, for the fresh time. I can't, I can't forget the miracle that this place is. It can't get commonplace. We have to stay passionate about the miracles that happen every week here. And those of us that have been here for the longest, we should be out front modeling love to those who are new. We can't lose the excitement of, being, of getting the privilege of being Jesus's hands and feet in love. And look, when we serve in our gifting, it's life-giving. 
It's sustenance for our life. And so to serve for a couple hours each week, it's not an over-ask at all. In fact, when we told all of our leaders about this, a lot of them, many of them said, yeah, I used to serve like that in my previous church. And so I'm happy to do it again because I love it and it's fulfilling. It's not an over-ask. It's just more than we've been doing. So I've given you guys a several month long journey in only a few minutes. And I've raised all the objections that I could think of. As we prayed, as the Holy Spirit has led us, and as we've heard consultants and as we've researched, the bottom line comes down to this. Even if we never went to three services, we were hitting our head on a lid, not because we don't have enough people, workers, but because we have too many people serving half as much. See, everywhere I turned, it made sense. It's why we've been banging our head against a wall to fill up our teams. Ever since years ago, when we went to two services, we have been structured wrong. We've been structured for one service. So attend one, serve one. What does that actually mean? All right, an example would be, if you serve at the 8 a.m. service every week, then you just attend the 945 service every week. And if you serve in this service, the 945 every week, then, then you, just, uh, you can attend the 8 or the 1130 as well. The idea is that once a church has multiple services, volunteers can, can pour into their congregation every week. And that's, what, that's what's happening and, that's what, and that is all of our teams except for the worship team. They already serve more than any other team will serve if they attend one, serve one. But we, we found out that it's actually not only good for the people in, that we're ministering to, but it's actually better for us, the volunteers as well. One thing that we discovered from other churches doing this is this, that it keeps our volunteers from spiritual burnout. Because if people serve more than they receive, that's when it's easy to burn out. That's when burnout happens. Let me explain. This is gonna allow all volunteers to experience the full benefit of the service. In other words, it allows a better experience for the volunteers, okay? Because a volunteer who, for instance, not able to attend the entire service without a responsibility they don't get the full benefit of the service that's designed from beginning to end to feed them spiritually. So for instance, a greeter or the parking lot team, it's easy for them to get burnt out because they don't get to experience the full worship experience. Because like worship is not the previews in a movie. It's not okay to miss. That's the only thing for God. Everything else is for us. Or an usher, they don't get to, to experience the full uh, effect of a, of a service because they're always on call if, if parents need help with a crying baby or, or things like that. So they can always feel like they're kind of missing something. Their attention is divided. Or a security team who keep us safe, they may be here in the service, but they have to be focused on keeping us safe at the same time. Even with volunteers who serve outside of the sanctuary, like children's ministers or security that aren't in the sanctuary, most of them only go to service every other week. They serve every other week, and then they attend every other week, cutting their spiritual development through their church services in half. See, that is how burnout happens. The truth is, 
every part of a worship service that we design this through the Holy Spirit for, for your spiritual development. Not one part is more important than the other. It's important for people to be able to attend an entire worship service uninterrupted because if people don't receive more than they serve, it's easy to burn out. And, and burnout is not from giving too much or serving too much. Otherwise, Jesus would have burned out for sure. Mother Teresa would have certainly burned out if that's where it comes from. Burnout's not from giving too much. Burnout is from not receiving enough. And this volunteer model is how thousands of thriving churches operate. And people do not get burnout. Their people become stronger and their churches just continue to grow and minister to more and more people. Here's the thing. Another benefit is that volunteers, we can become experts. If they're in the same role every week, they actually get to know their role really, really well. And if they know their role really, really well, that means that they enjoy their role more, they're more comfortable in their role, and therefore their role is more fulfilling. It's something that you're excited about. Also, it provides for better connections on our teams as well. Because if we're actually going to serve together more on a weekly basis, we're going we're gonna to develop closer relationships, authentic connections. And think about it. If we're only serving every two weeks and then we're out of town for a week, it's an entire month. We could go a whole month without serving and connecting with our teammates. That's part of the whole pro reason that we serve together is for connection. It also allows for better ministry to our families. If families are seeing the same people at their service every week, if the same familiar face is standing at the door, the children's adventure guide uh, is there, that familiarity brings comfort. Adventure guides get to know families by name because they see the same families every week. The kids' church small group leaders, they are consistent every week with the same children building our church for tomorrow building relationships with them and with families. They can remember what a child's prayer request was last week and follow up this next week. They're not constantly changing. That is so, so important to a child is consistency. Could you imagine if their coach or their teachers just switched out every other time? And then watch this. It also creates a better experience for us, the congregation. For instance, we have people who show up 20 minutes early, all you early birds, some that show up right on time, and then some who drag in, you know, 20 minutes late. And having a fully functioning greeter team, as an example, it allows us to greet guests regardless of when they drop in, okay? And the, most people that, who are late, they're not late on purpose. They're late for a good reason. A stalled car, a cranky kid, World War III before church, you know? And if anybody needs ministry at that moment, it's them. It's them. It's when those things happen in our life. And currently we pull out all the stops for the 15 minute before crowd, but then there's nobody there to welcome and encourage them 15 minutes after if they show up late. So right now we're asking most of our volunteers to do half of what a normal volunteer role should be in a church like ours. And we've had people burn out and stagnate spiritually because they were serving half as much and getting fed half as much. Now, for some of us, we haven't joined a team yet. 
And listen, I want you to know there's no pressure, but if you take that next step and serve others, it will actually amplify your spiritual growth. It will. And well, yeah, but Micah, you have no idea what my life is like. You have not seen my schedule. I'll show it to you after the service if you want to see it. No, I haven't seen your schedule, but here's what I do know is that we reap what we sow. And if you're looking to grow in an area of your life, sow into others. If you want a stronger family, sow into other people's family and our children's ministry. Just sow. Because whoever sows to please their, themselves will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit, they will reap life. And as your pastor, that's what I want for all of us. That when we sow life into somebody else, we get to receive life. Can anybody use a little bit more life in their life? I can, yeah. And we want you to serve in a place that, that fits your giftings as well. Later in the service, you can see a video for the growth track. And the growth track, the whole purpose for the growth track is that, to help you discover the gifts God giving, has given you that you would enjoy serving with and find out where you fit. That's why serving, that's when serving will bring you life is when you're using your God-given gifts. So tonight is session one. Melissa and I are gonna be there. We would love to, to have a meal with you, just get to know you and just start your journey to make a difference with your gifts. It would mean the world to us, Melissa and I both, if you would come. So let me speak also for a second to those who are watching online. I know that some of you, you can't get here. You're traveling. Some of you are healing. Some of you don't even live here. I understand that. And then there's some of us that are online just out of convenience. And I in no way are, am shaming you for that at all. I just really, really, no, actually God really wants you to be a part of what he is doing here, if at all possible. And look, it's not about a building, it's about community. And yes, you can get some of what your church offers through this screen, but there is so much more that God has for you if you can come and you can connect. With people. There's some pe things you can only get by being in the room, like, like a hug from me. Some of you just need a hug and I'm a hugger. Maybe you're not a hugger, but just being able to stop and connect with somebody after a service is huge. And that's a part of gathering together. And then also, if you have children, your children need their church. I'm concerned that we have families where parents are watching online, but the children are growing up unchurched outside of the body of Christ. And once again, I in no way am shaming you. We would love for you to come if you can. It's important. You're important. You matter. And not only do we need you to be a part of what God's doing here, but you need us as well. We love you. We need each other, especially in the year that we've got coming up. I'm telling you, this year, we are going to need each other. And so that brings us to the next question. And this is where the rubber really meets the road. And I know a lot of you are asking this question. Well, what about people who can't serve every week? Like they would love to, but they can't, they can't serve every week. I mean, their travel schedule, somebody's travel schedule doesn't allow it or their work schedule won't allow it, but they really do wanna serve. And so I've got that question too. So I asked the consultant and he said, do you have any non-Sunday teams for people who travel or work on Sundays? 
And I said, yeah, absolutely. We've got plenty of opportunities for that. We have outreaches like Adopt-A-Block that are every other week where we deliver the food that we, that, we, uh, that we buy. We've got First Wednesday services that are once a month. We have the legacy team. We have crews of people that help with events that just as needed. We got meetup leaders that only serve during a semester. And he, so he said, good, you wanna keep those you want to do everything that you can to give people the opportunity to serve as much as they can. And so make sure you keep those opportunities for those that can't attend one and serve one. And so he said, always challenge the, them though with the benefits of weekly serving, all the stuff we've talked about. And listen, I know I've dumped a month of research and processing on you in 30 minutes. I know you've been drinking from the fire hose. And I know that for all of us, we can see the logic in all of this. We can see what the next steps are for us as a church. And we can even see the benefits to us and to our families. All of those things are, are obvious to keep us from burning out spiritually, to help, help us reap life because we're sowing life. And the majority of our volunteer leaders, they've already told us that, hey, look, we're in. We're, we, we're, we're excited about it. But you may be here and you may be thinking several things. Yes, that makes perfect sense and I'm in. When can I start every other week? I'm sorry, every week. And then others are thinking, yeah, obviously that makes perfect sense and I wanna do that, but I'm not sure I can do that. And so here's what we're gonna do, all right? For those of you who are not serving yet and you want to, the growth track is your next step. You'll see a video about that in a little bit. For those of you that are already on a team, okay, you got an email about this this last week. And so uh, if you're in, go ahead and let your department directors, your department heads know. And for those of you that have questions, you're not sure, you got questions, your department heads are going to be hosting a 10-1, serve one Q&A meetings for the next few weeks. You'll hear from them about that and you'll have until February 29th to make your decisions. And then starting on March the 3rd, we are going to be moving to an attend one, serve one model. Because our every other week teams, because they're gonna be combined into one team, we are gonna have some places where we have too many people and we're gonna work through whatever adjustments we need to make whenever that happens to figure out who goes where. And who knows, maybe we will be able to start that fourth service that we need to make room for more people from our community. But Melissa, myself, the whole staff have been processing this. We've been praying through this for months and we all believe that this is the best thing for us as individuals, as well as the mission and vision of this family church. The harvest is plentiful, it's obvious. And as it turns out, for now, we do have enough workers. We just need to make some adjustments so that we can make sure that our volunteers, volunteers don't get burnt out and so that we can fulfill the mission and the vision of the church. And look, I wanna ask you as your pastor, as somebody who loves you and prays for you every day, I would like to ask you to go on this journey with us. Help our church be everything that God has called us to be. And I humbly ask, would you take the next step with us? Would you take the next step and attend one and serve one so that we can continue to make a difference in the lives of even more people in our community? And let me say this, regardless of what you decide to do, 
all right? It's not gonna affect how we feel about you. It is not gonna affect how much that we love you. I know for some of you, this may just not be a reality for you. And you may have to step down or switch to another ministry that isn't on Sunday morning. We understand that. And we as your pastors and as the staff and all of your leaders, we are not gonna do anything to make you feel less than because we changed the rules and it's not something you originally agreed to, okay? That's not your fault, all right? And then also, if you have questions, feel free to talk with your department head and they will do their best to help you with those questions. Would you stand with